podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of the Strikecast. My name is Dale O'Donnell, your host, and I'm delighted to be joined by Sean Connolly, one of the many writers at StrikeNews.com. Sean, last night Manchester United recorded a 2-1 win over Villarreal, the side that bet us in the Europa League final. I saw we hadn't beaten previously in, in, in a number of uh, meetings. But last night, we'll, we'll talk about the performance shortly, but the result itself, it takes a bit of pressure off the manager, right? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. Um, I suppose, first and foremost, last night, get the win, get the three points, um, and then we move on to the after. But uh, it had to be a win last night, particularly after recent weeks. And um, getting the three points was the most important thing. Now, I'm not saying it's the be-all and end-all of it, because three points is fantastic, but there's many, many talking points outside of that three points. Mm. And... um, we're going to get into it now, Dale. Yeah, That's absolutely. why we have a podcast. That's why we have a podcast. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. So, absolutely. So one of the players that came into that back four, which had been kind of depleted due to injuries to, Mac- to Maguire and to, to Shaw, we also had the suspension of Van Wabasaka, which has been ex- extended to two games. Um, one of the players that came in was Diego Dallo. And I think looking at his performance, he looked a million miles off. Um, but one question that I have, instead of just picking on his performance, was why wasn't there a decision or a call made to maybe ask Mason Greenwood to offer more support there? Because throughout the game, it was an area in which Villarreal totally crushed us in and could have easily won the game in terms of scoreline, the amount of chances they had and, and the amount of chances they created on that flank. Why wasn't Mason Greenwood asked to offer more support? Or if he was... Do you reckon that he 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 just didn't bother? It could be a bit of both. Um, These mean, are things you, you have know, to look at because in Europe you lose games because of this. Of course you do. Of course you do. Like you, I mean, a league is thirty-eight games. Europe can be won and lost in the first three games of a group stage. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you've rightfully touched on it. Dallo came in. He looked completely uh, off the pace, and 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 something I touched on with somebody last night. It wasn't like he came in totally cold because he has had a lot of game time mm. recently. Not massive game time, but he's had game time, so he's not been cold. But he came in last night and I suppose, look, he looked a liability and in all fairness. Just touching on what you said first and foremost, we get on the Greenwood after, but he looked a liability. And um, one thing that really, really ushered strong in my head last night was you can really see why there was so much... Um, pursuit of Kieran Trippier during the summer. The club yeah. knew this and the club were, were very much aware of what we had in reserve after Armand Basaka. And um, it really came to the forefront last night. As to why there wasn't more onus on Greenwood coming back, I, I, I do not know. I mean, it could very well be a bit of both. I mean, Greenwood, 
I often find he busts his gut for certain proportions of the game, but it's in periods. It's in transitions that he does. And he does track back sometimes, and he's got a fantastic method of trying back, but he's still young. And I feel like um, you can often see in his, in, in his gameplay that maybe someone on the field needs to kind of just give him a little nudge and say, Mason, mm. come on, wake up, wake up. He was interchanging a little bit, though. He was going from left to right with Sancho and himself swapping as well. So it wasn't just Mason, it was, uh, it was Sancho. Even though, from what I did know last night, Sancho got back quite a bit more than Mason did. If Sancho lost the ball, he was determined to push the gut and get back and try and win it back last night. Forgive me if, I, if I'm wrong, but I think it was you that texted me last night about Bruno Fernandes and, and, and shaping into this kind of captain role of, of almost yeah. like Brian Robson on a night that we didn't play well, but absolutely, he absolutely. stood up and went above and beyond to, to get his job done. And I think he really tried to push the team on. Um, you could say he succeeded in doing so because we got the three points. But on his performance itself, um, I want to ask you a question because Paul Pogba started last night. And I just overall, from what you've seen since the Bruno arrived at Manchester United, do you think they work in midfield together or they can? I think they can, absolutely, because they're two quality players. And I think if you consider quality footballers, if they're of that level, which those two players are, they should be able to work together. They should be able to gain a sort of an understanding. We've had moments with the two of them, but it's not been consistent. And ultimately, I think that's been really the talking point over the past, or oh, I suppose over all his tenure, consistency is the big thing. Yeah. And I think fundamentally Bruno and, and Pogba fit into that, that, that as well. I, 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 I struggle to reclaim memory of any game where both of them at the same time have been turned on because ultimately I feel if both of those are turned on in unison, I mean, I don't think any team is going to be able to match up to them because they're just, their, their qualities are phenomenal, but it wasn't, it wasn't the case last night. As you said, you had Bruno taking on that captaincy thing. And it's almost like like Bruno always tries. He, 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 he's such a a winner. He's got such a desire to win. We put that. I think think, Sean, what you touched on there, he always tries. That's why fans Mm. have the admiration for Bruno, as opposed to Pogba, who I suppose is different. Um, Not every player is going to be the same. There's no denying that Paul Pogba is, is quality out of this world some of the time, but but at the end of the day, he hasn't committed his, his long-term future to the club. And there's always been kind of echoes from his agent, which which makes matters difficult for fans to really form an affection for a player when that's going on. But Bruno, as you mentioned, did you see something last night that, yeah, he could be a captain? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you could see it just by the way he threw himself out in the field. He, he was so proud to be wearing that armband. It was, it was obvious he was proud to be wearing it. And, and even post-match when he spoke, his chest is cocked out and it's, I'm here. I was the captain tonight. This was my team. This was my performance. And, 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 and he did. He, he led on the field. He was, he was vocal. He didn't stop running. And as you said, he just, at, at one stage, I, I felt last night when we were under the cush, it was David De Gea and Bruno Fernandes versus Villarreal. That's the way I felt last night. Because we've got to, it was we've got to talk about De Gea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Bruno was, 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 was great last night. I mean, he added another string to his bow in my head last night. I, I already like held him in such massive esteem, but I felt that on a night when we needed leaders on the pitch, even though, look, we weren't in any way great last night, but he really shone as a leader last night. Absolutely. Yeah, and the yeah, it was a bit of a throwback to when he was at his best last night. There was some double saves. He really kept us in the game. Um, pulled off some, two or three really world-class saves against Villarreal. But, and it was also a special night for him after what happened in Gdansk, him missing the penalty. 
of course, he obviously got the brunt of that in the media, but Solskjaer made it about him last night and said that we had the best goalkeeper in the world tonight. Do you think that De Gea is far off reaching back his best? And and that like putting that into into perspective with the attacking players we have, why aren't we doing? Why aren't we playing better? Why aren't we playing better? I think that's the that's the ultimate question of this podcast that most people listening will want to know. That yeah, we're getting these results and we're finding holes in games, whether it's decisions and penalties, which rightly given, and we're and we get decisions that are a lot of them that are against us. But at the end of the day, there's not many games that we've played this season where, where the other team couldn't say, oh, I feel we could have got something today. I feel we deserve something today. And that's a big, big problem. Because we, yeah. The, yeah, the ultimate question, Sean, is did last night's result, did it paper over the cracks? Because the cracks were, were seen through, if you watch 90 minutes, you've seen the cracks. But if you want to go through the highlights, you could say Ronaldo, last minute winner, fantastic. De Gea back to his best and United three points against the tricky opposition. But ultimately, how did, did it paper over the cracks? Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, I mean, touching on what I said previously, three points was there and three points was, 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 was the end goal and that's what we wanted. Mm. Um, now, when you really dive into it and you look at the performance, it was, again, underwhelming and it's been a, a continuing trend over the last month. Um, I mean, I, I, I firmly believe, I have this stance that when this Manchester United, when we start games, but even last night, you've got a five-minute period at the start of the game where it's all guns blazing. It's high tempo. It's pressing high up the field. You can tell the opposition's defence are fearful of what's going on. You know, the players pressing very high, winning the ball back high, creating opportunities, looking dangerous, looking menacing, and looking like we're going to score early. And then, as it has been the case in previous weeks, after five or six minutes when we don't score, it's almost like there's a sense of disbelief that it hasn't really come to fruition within the opening five, six minutes and the team starts to drop back ever so slightly. The position is not as high up the field. It's maybe gone a small little bit back the field. Um, the heads don't necessarily go all the way down, but the heads aren't risen as high in the chest and cocked out as much as it was in the first five, six minutes, allows the opposition to come back into it. Yeah. And inevitably, the opposition create an opportunity, as Villarreal had multiple opportunities last night. And I think that further adds to the, to, to, to the gloom that's there among the team. Now, it's at that point that you want leaders on the field. And, and, and from previous years where you've had Keno, you've had Robson, where they can literally just stand in the middle of the pitch and scream and roar. And, and, and that, that's enough. That gets people going. And that's what I was hoping the likes of Bruno would achieve last night. But in, in, in recent weeks, and, and this is the consistency thing, we then ultimately fall back and see the goal. And we can see the goal off the back of maybe 20, 30 minutes of this very slow tempo, lethargic and uninspiring style of play. And we're letting the opposition grow into the game. And the more and more they grow into the game, the more confidence comes from it. And as we've seen endlessly, we go behind. And it's when we go behind that all of a sudden the team wake back up and and start reassessing what we did in the first five or six minutes with this gung-ho mentality that, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. We're not losing today. And, yeah. and that's, that's the positives to take from it. I think, why are we not playing well? I, I, I have a number of, I suppose, a number of 
maybe topics that I would like to think are contributing towards it, like a gelling period for new players. You know, there's a lot of new players coming to that squad yeah. that are first team players. And, and, and I want to be able to pull pros out of everything. And I want to be able to, to say that there's a reason. But sometimes there isn't a reason. And ultimately, you know how much of a supporter I am of Ole. And I always have been and I will continue to be. But he's not beyond criticism. And ultimately, there is this fundamental issue where people feel like if you support the manager, that you're not allowed to criticize the manager or criticize performances. And ultimately, you have to be able to do so because the manager got things wrong last night and has been getting things wrong in the last few weeks, in the last few games. But what he has brought to the team is he's brought this kind of obviously in with, 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 with increasing the squad that we have and bringing in those quality additions. There's always a goal there. People can attribute that to individual brilliance, but there's, there's, there's a team there that is starting to form and starting to believe. And ultimately one of the strongest things I would take from it. A lot of people are saying that maybe players are downing tools. I saw this ridiculous. Um, I don't think that. Trending. No. Yeah. No, no, no. And this ridiculous topic trending that after Villa when Bruno missed the penalty, that people were trying to maybe look into it, that he missed it on purpose. I mean, if, if those players had down tools and were not playing for the manager, you wouldn't see them busting a the gut like they did last yeah. night. And they, and, and they really did. And that's maybe the one admirable thing to take from this and the one positive thing. Obviously, Villarreal, they'd gone 16 games and beaten in Europe and we had never beaten them. So that, that's a positive to take as well, despite the negatives that are within it. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's something that needs to be looked at, and I'd like to be able to put my finger on it. But one, one of the, one of the the problems that I have with watching us is when you mention those those periods of games when it's five or ten minutes, and we look to be on top at the start. Is why don't we really stick the knife in? You you look at the other teams that do this. You look at the the Man Cities and the Liverpools that we're competing against in the Premier League. And when they start games and they're pushing for a goal, the line is much higher and it's, it's constant. Why are we sitting back after five or ten minutes? Because when, so- uh, when Solskjaer came in and he was appointed and he got the job, he said that this team would be the fittest in the Premier League. That was one of, one of his promises. You cannot say that that is the case um, as of now. It is not the fittest team in the Premier League because, it, as you said, Five, ten minutes spells, then sit off. It's, it's not constant. We have to, we require going behind to fully wake up. And it's a big, big problem because a lot of people say that, it, oh, we struggle against the low block teams. Teams like to, to low block. And that's what you're we're getting to, which your point. Totally. The only way to, to beat these teams that set up a low block is quick passing. Quick, nimble passing. Our problem at times, we can't pass five, ten yards. It really is. And we can't pass that that quick to really nullify teams and to break them down. It's the only way you can. It's the only way you can. And we seem a little bit too patient at times when we're starting games. Too nice. Too nice almost in attack. And there's, there's going to be teams in the Premier League. The Premier League is not a walkover. It's not like it's, it's, it never was a walkover, but it's a lot more difficult. It's a lot more competitive than it was. And teams up and down the league, we'll find us out if we don't start playing better football. And that's my biggest fear. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's, 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 it's a perfectly relevant fear. 
And what, um, what, did, what did, sorry, what did you make of Donny van der Beek last night, by the way? Because you five substitutions in, in Europe. It wasn't his night to come on. I'm, I'm not saying the manager was wrong. I'm just saying we're pointing it out hmm. because he had a bit yeah, of a tantrum yeah. on, on, on the, on the touchline. Um, yeah. you could see, see why he'd be upset. For me, I think that for his own situation, he needs to get out in January. Um, he needs to be playing football and he's not getting the Manchester United. Well, there's two things I take from that. The, to touch on the last point you made, if if he's leaving in January, are we getting someone in instead of him? You know, because I reckon if 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 Everton came in when before the transfer deadline and offered a serious bid, and we felt that we could put that money towards defence midfielder, it would have been a no-brainer. No, you know, yeah. it, would, it yeah. would be a no-brainer. He 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 is clearly surplus to requirements. He is not a player that soldiers call upon in times of need. He has never looked like a player that he's wanted. Um, and look, the manager doesn't 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 think a, a player fits his plans. I think he's right not to play him. Ultimately, Manchester United are such a big club that we have to accept that some signings are made without the manager's approval. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think the optimum word here to use in this is trust. I mean, it, to me, it looks like Soldier doesn't trust him. Yeah. He doesn't trust him in those in those key moments when when we need something. Ole trusts Fred, and that's why Ole brought Fred on last night. Now, there's plenty of people who could uh, write a book about why they don't trust Fred, but Ole trusts Fred. Now we he don't was right to last on. night, wasn't he? He was right to last night. Yeah, absolutely, he was. And with with Danny, we don't see what goes on in the training ground. We see a couple of snippets, and as we've spoken about many times, and I'm incredibly vocal about, I think there, there's one point that I wrote about months and months and months ago, and I'll always stick to it. In every single cameo appearance that Danny has had, there's nothing to differentiate that of a top-quality academy prospect coming onto the field. He, he's, he's not stood out. He's not made you sit back in your seat and said, Jesus, right, this, this is a guy that's like, he's, he's there now, he's right on the cusp. He ultimately hasn't. And there's something you have to consider as well. At that point last night, when, when Fred was coming on, Lingard came on as well, yeah? There's a couple of minutes left in the game. Now you've got, what, three, four or five minutes left in the game at the point when the guys come on? Lingard managed two shots on goal and ultimately got the assist for Ronaldo to score. And this season thus far, Lingard has got three goal contributions coming off the subs bench. Mm. And I just saw there as well before we come on talking here. He's, he's not even started and like he's, he's had, I think, less than 200 minutes of play and he's got two goals in, 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 in the nomination for goal of the month. You know, that's the type of an impact substitution that you want. And that's someone that Ole is going to trust week in, week out. I can understand Donny's frustration and the images clearly show last night, but it just fed into that social rant that already exists with, with this Donny FC thing that's there. Mm-hmm. And it gets, a, it gets a bit tiring after a while. Dale. It really yeah, does. I just wanted to end. I think we should part ways in January, say goodbye, wish him well for the rest of his career. Because look, to be honest, I don't particularly enjoy seeing a seeing someone who just wants to play football sitting on the bench at Manchester United. I love Manchester United. I want the best players at the club. But it, it, it's not really enjoyable, is it? Seeing someone that's no. visibly upset at their situation when he could have left in the summer. Why didn't the club try and facilitate that? Because he clearly isn't part of the plans. Just just clearly isn't. The player you touched on there, Jesse Lingard, just to kind of turn the table a small bit, um, a lot of people would speak negatively about Solskjaer when it comes to Donny van der Beek. But 
a lot of people wanted Jesse Lingard sold during the summer, and you just touched on how how vital he's been thus far. Um, the manager deserves some credit for that because I think a lot of people would have cashed in on Lingard, but he stuck to his guns and said that he was an important part of the squad. Absolutely, he did, yeah. And this is a, something I always draw back on. We we do not see what goes on behind the scenes. You know, we don't see what goes on in the training ground. And Jesse is quite clearly breaking a gut to to make himself noticeable, to make himself be that body that's taken off the bench. And he's obviously got the manager's trust. And look, personally, I couldn't be happier for him. You know, yeah. I really couldn't because he's such a likable guy. He's one of our, you know, and he's, like he had the opportunity to leave and go to West Ham and, 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 and he turned it down, you know, and, and he, he wants that opportunity. And this is like, we've spoken about it before. It's that make or break in a season for him. But ultimately I, I don't see any reason why he can't stay and be an asset in that squad because we saw what he did at the, toward the, the end of last season and how vital he was toward West Ham, how much they wanted. And he's already showing what he can do as an impact player for United. And, and obviously look, I know that the League Cup didn't go the way it wanted it, but there's a lot of games, there's a lot of competitions, there's a necessity for squad, there's a necessity for rotation. And he's still a fantastic player, the way he runs, his energy, his desire. And that's the biggest thing, his desire to play. But he has that talent, he has the technique, as he showed with that fantastic goal he scored as well. So I'm delighted for him. And yes, the manager deserves tremendous credit for for making that judgment because there's plenty of uh, managers on Twitter that would have uh, <laughs> had him sold 10 times over at this stage, you know? FIFA so, managers. They're all FIFA busy. managers. They're all busy this week with the launch of FIFA 22. Um, That's <laughs> but, 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 but speaking again about last night, um, it was a frustrating night throughout for Cristiano Ronaldo. I know he got the last minute winner, but... He didn't seem too happy with how the game was going throughout. But in fairness to him, when we went to goal behind the Villarreal got the opener, he did warn Old Trafford to calm down. The camera went on him and he said, calm down, we've got this. Um, and a lot of people have seen, you mentioned some football managers on Twitter. There was a lot of people offering their tips to the manager and thankfully he wasn't <laughs> fucking reading them. <laughs> they were suggesting that Christian Ronaldo should be taken off, that he's not doing anything. Um, mm. and that he should be substituted. Well, he was, he was on the pitch in the last minute to get that goal. Um, there, is, there is no stopping him. That's what he does, Sean. He hovers around the box. You have to keep him on the pitch for 90 minutes and send, give him some service because for before that, for 90 minutes, he got none. Oh, yeah. Well, that, like, that's what he was brought to the club for. Let's, let's forget the marketing side and the jersey side, but he was brought to the club to score goals. And that's it, to, to score goals. Now, not only can he hover on the box and, and, and do that, that number nine capacity where, like that classic number nine, where he might touch the ball for 60 minutes and then he gets one opportunity, puts it in the back of the net. That's, oh, that, yeah. that's, that's classic, like, and that's what he has harnessed. But he still has the ability to play out left, you know, and I'm not talking about like a, a, a massive hug the touchline left winger. I'm, I'm talking about a guy who plays out left and cuts into the box because he still has a dribbling, he still has the skills. And look, he's not in that team to run up and down the pitch for 90 minutes. He's in that team to, for one, to put fear into the hearts of the defenders for fear that the defenders might think, you know what, I'm going to push up a small bit. Well, no, you're not because Ronaldo's here and he's going to break your line. Mm-hmm. They're going to go over the top of you. And, and, and that mentally is one thing. But then just to sit there and wait and bite his time and get his opportunity. And it, sh- it showed last night. Like, 
you're 95 minutes into the game and he's still clued in. Like, not only did he have the finish, but he had the, the know-it-all to get that little header down to Jesse from that cross from Fred and to still get into the right position. So he's there to score goals and he's doing exactly what uh, he was bought to do. It's perfect because in the in the first few weeks of the season, there was a kind of a magnifying, there is a magnifying glass on every substitution the manager makes. But in the last two, two or, or last few games, he has made some big calls um, that have changed the game last night. Fred's cross, of course, to Ronaldo, then the assist from Lingard. So I think, look, let's end it on a positive note. There's still questions that remain over the way Manchester United are playing football. Everyone that I speak to is in agreement that it needs to improve, that we need to be more convincing that it's... When you have those attacking players at your disposal, you, you, there really is so much time you can make excuses. Because Cristiano Ronaldo, Edison Cavani, those two, Sean... Can Solskjaer find a way for them to maybe play in the team together? Because the big difference that Cavani made last night when he came off the bench was the difference in tempo. He really spiced things up from tracking the ball and doing doing whatever Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't, but also to make way for Cristiano Ronaldo to do what he does best. Yeah, absolutely. And and and, and a short answer before the long answer, short answer. Yes, they can play together. Of course, they can. These these are two absolute world class players. They can definitely play together, and. I mean, to be fit into a team, um, absolutely. Like, this is what I'm touching on. Ronaldo can easily fit out left. Cavani can go through the centre. Sancho can play out the right where he was intended to be played. Or even Greenwood can play out there. So, Ronaldo and Cavani can absolutely play alongside each other. Cavani deserves an incredible mention from last night because the impact that he had off the bench last night was crazy. I mean, you're talking, there was, there was five, six minutes left. It looked like the ball was going to run a play. And he ran busting mm. an absolute goal and ran in and saved that ball from going out. I mean, his absolute dogged mentality of, no, we're winning this game. He, he was not losing that game. The way he pressured himself and, and the way he won the ball back before Fred got that crossing, like he, he just, he was not losing. And like, that's another massive impact. Are Manchester United winning that? Sorry, Sean. Are Manchester United beating Villarreal? without that substitution because when you talk no. about tempo it's very very important and and the way we we, we were pressing Villarreal and, and getting down their throat and creating more chances we talked about the substitutions of Lingard and Fred and how they played a part in the goal but Cavani was huge last night and probably he hasn't really got the the acknowledgements he deserves when, when you read praise that has been posted online from the game I honestly if, if, if I was putting my finger on a player that deserved the most mention last night, obviously Ronaldo will get the plaudits because he scored the goal and, and Tellez for that absolute oh, wonder Tellez. strike. He didn't even mention Tellez. Yeah. He didn't even mention Tellez. Like that wonder strike. I mean, let's forget everything that he's forgotten how to do with the other side of the pitch. He's made up for it in, 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 a, in, a, in, in that moment. And I thought that was a joy as well with that goal because you can clearly see that was worked on in the training grounds and, and that's further enhancement to the set piece work is brought in from the coach that's coming. Um, but Cavani, from when Cavani came on, he, he, he offers something totally different. People were, were critical about what he was going to be able to achieve at this, at this stage of his life and his age. He showed last night that age is only a number and he's in, he's in fantastic condition. I mean, ne- ne- Gary Neville said it recently, didn't he? That if, he, if, you're, if you're getting your, your, your best starting 11, um, if everybody's fit, he's right. You've got to have Ronaldo and Cavani in the team. 
you have to because they will get you goals from nothing. And um, I mean, if I'm the manager, which someday, God willing, I will be, um, R- Ronaldo's out left, Cavani's up top, and I got Sancho out right. Uh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Greenwood is, is there as well. But me, I just throw a small mention that I feel in recent weeks, I think Greenwood's form is dipping ever so slightly. I'm not saying that he's playing poorly, but he's, his form is dipping ever so slightly. And, Which is fairly um, typical of, of a young player that hasn't added consistency exactly. to his game. Yeah, he's only exactly by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be late Thursday, it'll be Friday morning, and uh, Mason Greenwood will be celebrating his 20th birthday, so he won't be a teenager anymore. Um, no, so no. on that note, we're going to wrap it up, Sean. Can you give us a quick prediction for the game against Everton at the weekend? I reckon it's going to be sticky toffees, um, narrow 2 1 win. United Sticky Toffees is nice I like that um, I think we're going to be going up against a midfield two of is it Alan and um, Decore mm. and they're going to be quite difficult they're a good midfield two um, I do expect some bit of momentum from that goal I mean if the guys can't have their spirits up today I, I, I don't know what to say so I'm. it's going to be a doggy game it's not going to be easy but I'm going to say 3-1 United. After the game against Villa, one of the comments that slightly annoyed me and has annoyed me ever since from, from the manager was that he wanted the players to respond. Um, mm. Mm. The, the reason, before I wrap it up, that, that that annoyed me was that he's asked the players to respond. I forgot how many times now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this team has to stop responding and has to start proving because we can't go through another campaign with multiple responses. So let's put that aside. Let's stop deflecting on, on, on bad results. Like we haven't done on this podcast, we, we, we are not, or not results, but performances. Um, we have to say it how it is. And I think the manager has done really well against Villarreal, a very tr- tricky opponent in Europe. They've won the Europa League last season. They've played six games in the league, drawn five, so they're not an easy team to beat. And he got a good result last night, but I think as fans, we're just, question, we're just questioning the performances and we just want them to improve. Hopefully the result of the weekend goes away and we give Everton a good beat. And Sean, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me, my man. Sports Social Podcast Network.